Thank you. My name's Martha. I'm a compulsive eater and very glad to be here tonight. I appreciate being invited. And I appreciate seeing people that I've known literally for decades. So uh, thank you for being here and uh, keeping the program going and being on your own path. I uh, was asked sort of at short notice, so I don't have a lot of prepared thoughts, but um, it's a story I have told a lot of times and people who are at the meeting on Zoom have heard it many times. Um, and there are also people here whom I don't know and welcome to you. I hope you hear something that's useful. And I know by the end of the meeting, you will have heard something useful. And of course, I don't speak for OA as a whole. This is just my story as I understand it today. I'll qualify briefly. Um, I'll I'll use some numbers because that's what comes to mind to do. I'm uh, 77 years old. I came into the program at age 41. So I've been here for 36 years. I um, And very gratefully, I have not left. I know that's not everybody's story, but I have, have I came and stay. As far as other numbers, I, I often mention that my top weight was 50 or 60 pounds more than I weigh now, and I've been maintaining weight loss for, for decades, which I was not able to do before I got here. I went on my first diet at age 11, and I dieted almost constantly for the, for the 30 years between age 11 and age 41 when I arrived. So I, I not only am a compulsive overeater, I'm a, I have a history of dieting and restricting. There have been times that I've been somewhat underweight, even although I identify primarily as an overeater. And um, I knew there was something wrong for a long time. And I, I, I didn't, of course, know that I had a disease. I just knew that, that there was something off about me. I didn't feel like I was, I didn't identify with other people. I didn't feel like I fit in. I uh, was overweight enough that I was teased and um, sort of people in my family tried to help me lose weight and do help me control my food or diet or whatever. There, there was a lot of sort of in, outside input about my weight and my appearance, not so much on my eating, but more about the result of the eating. And um, I remember eating obsessively from a very young age, age three or four. Um, and um, as I said, I went on my first diet at 11. I was put on my first diet at 11 by a pediatrician. And, um, but mostly what I remember is the torment and the torture of it, of, of feeling like there was something wrong all the time. 
and trying to fix whatever was wrong by eating more and more and more or obsessing about what I'd eaten or whether I was going to go on a diet or whether the diet was working or not and weighing myself sometimes literally a dozen or more times in a day, sometimes five or 10 times in a few minutes. I was really completely fixated and obsessed. And I also have sort of a dry mouth, so I'm going to be drinking water off and on. And this often prompts me to say that before I got here, I couldn't tell the difference between being thirsty and being hungry, being tired and being hungry, being angry and being hungry, being anxious and being hungry. Everything felt like hungry to me. And I fed all of those things because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have good other good coping skills. And that certainly was not a good coping skill, but it was sort of the best I could come up with at three or four or that was five thank you um I may circle back around to some of what it was like I think one of the other things to say about what it was like was that even though I didn't know what to call it I had a lot of self-pity I didn't know that phrase in particular even though like I said I was over 40 when I got here I didn't realize that what I was doing by thinking that I had such a rotten deal in life was self-pity. Um, and um, I was going to say almost a complete lack of gratitude. I don't think that's true. But now, by contrast, waking up every day grateful and sort of in gratitude, um, I know I know that that was missing back there. And, and the insanity took various forms, but um, I think I'm going to leave that right now and, and move on to what happened. And that is that uh, I bottomed out in a lot of different ways in a lot of different aspects of my life. And I was having physical consequences from this, from food addiction and food obsession, and also from consequences from other substance and process addictions. It, it all sort of blew up. And uh, I, at times I had had suicidal thoughts, but I thought I was actually going to kill myself with with my addictions and my substance use and my the other crazy things I was doing. And I was desperate and I was fortunate enough to know people who were in 12-step programs. And um, I often say this and I can't, I can't not say it. The woman who cut my hair was in this program and another program and um, she had talked about being in 12-step meetings. She had talked about when she first got into recovery. She was really a lot of fun and a very warm and loving person. And um, 
I figured I could tell her almost anything because she had told me a lot, a lot of pretty outlandish stuff that she had done in her life. And I felt safe. And I went and talked to her and the, and the woman that she was living with at the time. And um, this woman offered to take me to a meeting. And she brought me to a meeting that was in a church basement on a Wednesday night. I heard somebody tell their story, which was enough of my story that I came back again, if not the next day, pretty soon. Now I was working full time. In fact, I was working sometimes literally, literally 60 or 70 hours a week. Plus I had a young child and, and I went to meetings. I, I needed a lifeline and this program offered me that, that lifeline. I sort of knew from the get go that you guys were my people and that this was home. And, you know, there's that line in the, that we read in the beginning about welcome to OA, welcome home. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I sort of thought was hokey or off-putting or whatever um, that I didn't totally love in the beginning, but I felt that there was hope here. I, I could tell that it was working for other people. And I came and I stayed. Um, so what else about what happened in the very beginning? I, and I listened, even though I am a real control freak and I wanna be the one in charge and all of that. I didn't take direction very well when I got here, but I did hear that there were certain things to do. It was like come to meetings, make phone calls, read the literature, get a sponsor, work the steps. And I was desperate enough and also a people pleaser enough and a goody two shoes enough. That was ten. Thank you. That I wanted, I wanted to do what I was told and um, and the misery began to lift because again I did there were so many things that I only know in retrospect but I felt so alone in my misery um, I was the chief of my department I think I was department chief at that point I know I was at some point in my career Anyway, I, I had climbed a certain ladder and I had a lot of responsibility and I felt alone in it and I knew I wasn't up to it and I knew I hadn't, I couldn't do all of what I had signed up to do. It just being a parent felt, oh, just being a parent felt overwhelming to me. Being, being a partner felt overwhelming to me. Everything felt sort of overwhelming. I didn't realize at the time that a lot of what was driving my putting food in my mouth, essentially every waking hour, I'm a, a big time grazer and a volume eater, it was anxiety. I was trying to calm myself and 
uh, it just made me feel worse about myself and um, sometimes sort of stupefied and, and often physically miserable. Um, but I began to make a relationship with people in the program. Um, I remember I talked with somebody today, someone I sponsor uh, about step five today. We didn't do a step five, but we read the step and talked about it. And I reminisced about how I had given my first fifth step, my first fourth step in a fifth step to this, this woman who was my hair cutter. She wasn't my sponsor, but I knew I trusted her and I knew I could tell her pretty much anything. And I did, I did, her, did tell her everything I could think of at that point. And that was more than 35 years ago. And I remember it to this day and it brings tears to my eyes. And I guess sort of summing up is the fact that I can have a feeling like that of such gratitude and sweetness um, about that, about somebody being there for me and that I can in turn be present for other people and that I can be present for myself. I can come to this meeting and do service, but I can also stop and take a, a breath before I sign on to the meeting and stop and take a drink of water and take care of myself with the help of a higher power, which I don't understand, but talk to off and on, certainly talk to when I first wake up in the morning inside my head and sometimes when I'm alone, out loud. That's something that I found here that I never expected. I didn't know to, to look for. And uh, certainly in the way that, that it's come to me over these years. And um, I guess one of the things I've been really thinking about lately is how important, well, I don't know if I'm gonna, I was going to go off on a tangent about, about eating disorder in the beginning a lot for me was about appearance and to have it be about health and well-being and emotional sobriety and spiritual liveliness and spiritual connection is such a turnaround and such a contrast and uh, the sense that, you know, I'm in my seventies. I'm don't, I'm not going to live forever. Although I, that song from fame has been running in my head. Uh, I'm going to live forever or we're going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Well, in certain ways, I sort of feel as though I've learned how to fly. My heart soars sometimes. And this may sound hokey to me later, but, but I feel it. I, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And who knew when I walked in the door that, that this was what I was going to find in those church basements and now on Zoom. So um, that's it.
Thanks.